0: the exchange this week on QP Sports Exchange Coach T and myself break down the NBA Finals we look at LeBron and the MVP race we also look at Patrick Mahomes and his outstanding dismantling of the Baltimore Ravens special shout out to New York we hit you up in this pod sorry we're a little late we had some technical difficulties so sit back and enjoy the pot Is right, week two, Coach T is back. Coach, how was your week?
1: Man, it was amazing. Busy, busy, busy. But hey, man, when you ask God for a full plate, man, you can't be complaining. When you keep getting more portions thrown on there, man, so it's been good, man. I'm blessed, bro. How about you?
0: All right, man. Yeah, it was a good week. Uh, a little, we got a little hot towards the end of the week, so I'm I'm not feeling the fall yet, cause it's like it was a hundred today here. So. Wow. <laughs> I was like,
1: okay. I hate to brag. I hate to brag, but over here, man, we look, I woke up to a crisp 49 degrees this morning. <clears throat> I had to throw on a little jacket.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, we're far away from jacket weather over here, my friend. So first of all, Coach T, props to you. You know how we do it here. Real recognizes real. Miami Heat did make it to the finals. We do have a Lakers Miami Heat finals. Your thoughts on the Heat making it to
1: the finals? I'm going to be honest, man. I looked at the Heat after watching a few games. I immediately kind of just got that, you know, that feeling like, yo, they they have it. Um, Top to bottom, that roster is composed of uh, the type of talent you need to make a run. And I think the run will come to an end. But just the run that they made was still, you know, it, it was exceptional. You know, going to the NBA Finals you know, where nobody predicted them to be, including myself. I originally picked the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. But just just looking at that team, man, the core of uh, young players, people forget about uh, Dragic, who's just an amazing uh, guard, uh, he, their leading scorer. And it's almost like everybody forgets to even mention him and how good he is. And then they have just the, the combination of shooting that they get from Tyler Hero and, and Robinson and then, you know, Jimmy Butler's toughness and bam. It's just, I mean, they have a really good team, man. So, shout out to Miami, man. They, they earned it. They deserve it, man.
0: Yeah, man, they sure did. The other thing with that is, you know, shout out to Kentucky again. They do got a, they got a Wildcat on the Eastern Conference front with Tyler Hero. He was just getting buckets in that series. So, I was really impressed with him. And the moment wasn't big for him. And I guess they just breed him in uh, bluegrass
1: country. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like, when you look at it, you know, I mentioned this in our last episode, guys, if you haven't already, man, QP Sports Ex- Exchange, man, excuse me, trying to get my words out. We talked about it on our last episode where, where, where Jimmy Butler, I mentioned, you know, in game one how Jimmy Butler kind of, you know, went after Tyler Hero a little bit, you know, on the vocal side just because he was wide open in the fourth quarter. And, you know, the pick and roll, Kelly Olynyk ended up being a turnover. You know, and he's fussing at him. Like, I mean, why are you passing the ball? I'm wide open. You know, Tyler Hero didn't run from that interaction. And I think to me, I looked at that and I said, you know, that guy is going to grow because of that moment. You get what I'm saying? Like, you don't, know, you know, put your head between your legs, so to speak. He, uh, and he grew. And I mean, he ended up with a 37 point game, like, you know, after that. And it's just, I mean, that's what having veteran leadership does. For, for young, you know, budding stars like that, man. So, I'm happy to see Tyler Hero, you know, do his thing, man. It's impressive.
0: Yeah, the the great thing about that is, too, is that you're looking at a situation where he's just not a spot up shooter. He actually has enough of his own creativity to get his own shot. So, he he definitely got in his bag in the Eastern Conference Finals. The one thing that I wanted to kind of transition into is this, is that, Okay, I have one real cool stat for you. LeBron James has been in ten NBA Finals in his illustrious career. Mm-hmm. He's been in the finals more than twenty-seven other franchises.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a stat when 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 I hear it, and again with me being a glass-half-full type guy, and Couple that with me being biased because I love LeBron James. I'm going to always say that that's amazing. I, I, I haven't been able to see or live to see another player accomplish that. Now, the naysayers would come at it from a different angle. They would talk about his record in the finals. They would talk about, you know, MJ has six and, and, and this, that, and the third. But for me, I take this approach. And just give me a second on this. LeBron was young when he got to the league, right? One of the youngest players ever to come in the league. He dominated right away. Is it his fault that at a young age he was so dominant that he took a terrible team to the finals? And he had to take, he took it on the chin. He, I mean, he was great enough to take the team there, but he didn't have the team. You get what I'm saying? Like, people forget that Jordan, he learned how to win championships by losing to the great team, you know?
0: Tell me this, right? Okay, granted. Michael Jordan is real great, Mm -hmm. but did he ever go up against a team the likes of Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant in his run? I'd be hard-pressed to say that any player
1: has went up against that combination of talent outside of LeBron James. When you talk about Kevin Durant, you know, and look, I'm a LeBron James guy. Y'all know this about me. Y'all hear me using this a lot, but Kevin Durant's skill set is just phenomenal. You know, it's phenomenal. Like, you can't compare him to any other player to be his size, to be able to shoot, handle the ball. Like, it's it's just – it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And I, I think that, you know, when we look at Kevin Durant, we're looking at a one-of-one. One. You know, I, I don't think there will be another player like him with his ability and the, his skill set that he has. So, for LeBron to have to go against that, and he lost against that. Like, how many guys would win against that? Like, ask yourself. Two of the best shooters in NBA history? followed by arguably one of the best players to ever play the game in Kevin Durant. Like, what do you expect? You know, what do you expect? Michael didn't have to face that. And I can speak to that because I watched him play. I watched him play against those Knicks teams. I watched him play against the Pacers teams. Those teams were really good, but they didn't have a Klay Thompson or Steph Curry or Kevin Durant. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just didn't. And that's no disrespect to Reggie Miller you know, Rick Schmitz, you know, Dale Davis, all those guys who were part of those Pacers teams, Pat Ewing, you know, in the Knicks, and Mark Jackson and all those guys, man, Allen Houston. I watched those games, man, but those teams can't even compare to, to, to Golden State when they had Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and uh, Steph Curry.
0: The only guy he faced that could actually break out for 40 or 50 in a game was probably Charles, Charles Barkley right? So, he went up against Portland, got them, got Utah, but there really wasn't a guy that could go and get, like, listen, I'm going to go ahead for pretty much the middle of the third quarter to the end of the game. I'm going to hold this down. Y'all going to have to score a little bit, but I'm going to go get get these buckets. And LeBron had three, you know. And then, quite as kept, you know, he went up against some very fundamentally sound San Antonio teams. My whole thing is that getting to 10 finals, I mean, listen, you would love for the record to be reversed, all that. But it's just a testament to him getting to 10.
1: Right. I mean, when you when you just look at the fact that that ten NBA Finals is just an amazing accomplishment, you know. Just like you say, toss out the win loss record. You can even throw Tom Brady in here. Look, look, we you know just to mention, you know, kind of compare it to one of the greats in football. And we when we mention Tom Brady, we we talk about him as the greatest of all time, right? When we mention Tom Brady, he's also lost more Super Bowls than anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like so, right. in the end of the day, like. You know, you can nitpick everything, but you have to understand that what we're watching is greatness and it's something that, you know, we probably won't see again, you know, in our lifetime. You know, I just don't see it happen.
0: And if he does win the finals MVP, he would have led three different franchises to a title. For sure. Now, Ori has done it with different teams and other people kind of, rode the coattails, but I'm talking about actually leading the team. Definitely. You, yourself, and maybe one other carrying a squad. So that's going to be amazing. So, Coach T, let me ask you this. Now, I do have one key thing to this. I believe that AD and LeBron have to average, about 55 points during the finals. How many games does this finals go? who's your MVP, and give me a little bit a taste of what it's going to take to win it.
1: All right, first and foremost, I want to say, man, I'm hard-pressed to say Lakers in five just because I believe that Miami is going to find a way to win at least two games. Um, one of those guys are going to get hot, whether that's uh, the Robinson kid who can just, you know, fire from three at an extremely high rate, very efficient, you know. Tyler Hero, maybe they have one game or two games where the whole team is just rocking out and playing hard. So I think Miami will get two games. So I'm going to go Lakers in six. Um, That's going to be my prediction. And a part of that really wants me to see – I really want to see more basketball. That's what I'm saying. Six games, (laughs) I could see it happening in five, you know. But I'm going to say Lakers in six. As far as, you know, the point per game average, I think you're pretty spot on with that. Uh, 55 points. You know that that makes sense. Uh, you know, I could see AD really. Man, AD and Bam Adebayo matchup to me is going to be one to watch because Bam has been a guy that has shown he can defend. You know, um, he's not scared. So the so AD is just a whole different type of uh, assignment for him. So I would love to see how that how that works
0: out. It's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, man. I'm looking at this. I actually think that LeBron should win the MVP, but I have a sneaky suspicion that that Kentucky rivalry, who's the best big man out of Kentucky, is going to rear his ugly head. And I can see a stretch like it was um, where Jokic and and AD were just matching buckets. I can see that happening in the finals as well. I'm you know just going, going one-on-one, going after it. I can see AD averaging, like, 32. He leaks out on, like, free throws and, and everything like that so they can get, like, a fast break on a on an inbound. So he gets, well, eight easy points. So I can see that really happening. So I will be very interested to see what the first two games look like. And then as far as MVP is concerned, I just think that the story around LeBron – and having him being the wash king, and all that noise that everybody was talking about in September and October, how the 35-year-old man was not going to be able to sustain it, and he had his first real injury and all that. My thing is that it might be more story-driven for LeBron to get it, you know, because if he averages just his normal and A.D. just bumps it up because he's just going crazy against BAM. That's kind of how I would see it going. As far as it going six games, I think that the Lakers are going to have to prove to Miami that they can shoot from the outside. So I can see Miami getting a couple games that way. But I just don't see them stopping. They stopped Anthony Takumbo. They stopped Tatum. But to stop LeBron and AD, I don't know if they have enough
1: to do that. For sure. And even, like, man, shout-out to Jason Tatum. I see him going through a – I think I see him going through what most really great players go through, and that's just the pain of, you know, losing in the playoffs um, at an early age. He's a phenomenal scorer of the basketball. He's uh, just – you know, listen, I (laughs) – I don't like Duke, but, you know, you give credit where credit is due. Jason Tatum is probably, when it's all said and done, probably the best player to come out of there if he doesn't get hurt. Um, his ability to score the basketball, I just think that his, um, his decision-making down the stretch for the Celtics is something that he'll probably look at when he reviews the film and, and he'll learn from that because ultimately that's what lost him, you know, a couple games in that series against Miami. But – as far as the MVP is concerned, I agree that you know it'll probably go to LeBron. Um, but I'm gonna be honest that AD, if he balls out, that he'll pro- AD. You can't say that he doesn't deserve the MVP. You get what I'm saying? Because no. if you if you watch the last series game for game, I think AD was the most consistent player. Um, throughout the you know the Western Conference Finals, I mean, and I'm not just talking about him making the game when he shot, but I'm talking about just being consistent, not missing free throws. I think he had might he might have had one bad stretch during one game, but I don't think LeBron played his best. Um, that's the scary part for Miami: the fact that they you know they kind of went through four-one and LeBron didn't really play well. Yeah, you see the triple double, and you're like, yeah. But watch the film. I mean, LeBron didn't have a great second half in game five. He, you know, he, he wasn't consistent. Um, of course, he went down the stretch in the fourth quarter, uh, you know, to seal it where he made, you know, a good amount of points in the fourth, which was amazing. But overall, I don't think LeBron played up to his potential. So um, if, if you see that again, and AD has the, the type of series that he just had in the Western Conference Finals, I'm hard-pressed to believe that AD doesn't or won't win um, Finals MVP. But I would love to see LeBron get it and just add it to his collection. I. Ah, I'm a LeBron guy. I hate, I hate his, you know, the LeBron, haters. <laughs> LeBron haters, man. They just be ready to find holes, man, to talk to you about. It.
0: You know. Now, one thing that I wanted to kind of bring to your attention, I was actually uh, watching, believe it was game – it was game five of the Western Conference Finals, and there was a 12-minute real-time stretch, okay, where Caruso takes a charge. He gets in the passing lane, steals the ball, gets in on a fast break, gives it to LeBron for a dunk. Then he turns the ball over but gets back on defense and has a rundown block. And then it was towards the end of the game. And Jokic did a switch with uh, the, the two guard. Caruso was on the two guard, switched over to Jokic. Now he's about 19 feet from the 10. Okay, Caruso harasses Jokic all the way into the key to the point where he gives up his dribble. Now, you and I know that Jokic is one of the best passing big men that we have in the NBA right now. Mm -hmm. So he he finds the open man. This guy was wide open. It wasn't Jamal Murray. It was the dude off the bench that was getting buckets for them.
1: Uh, For Denver, are you talking about um, Monte Morris? Yes. you talking about Monte Morris? Yes, Monte Monte Morris. He was a buck, man, for real. Yeah,
0: he was getting buckets. So he's wide open, right? When he goes up for the shot, Caruso is there. He had closed out. So it got from the key to the three-point shooter, and I looked at my wife and I said, this is how you win games, and you don't have to score a point. Mm Mm-hmm. Because yeah, in re- real time, 12 minutes, and the only reason I kind of knew that, it was just, I guess I had glanced at my phone for something, and then I was like, this happened, 12-minute stretch. All this happened. And I'm like, these are winning clips. And I was so impressed by it that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to talk about that on the pod. Because that, to me, meant everything, because you got to have that guy, right? You got to have that one guy. That okay, I'm gonna take the challenge. Yeah, you're gonna score on me, but I'm gonna make it super difficult on you, and you're not gonna be as efficient as you usually are. It's not gonna be easy. So bring your lunch bell and your hard hat, and let's go to work.
1: For sure. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely. When I when I think about Alex Caruso, he's one of those players that does things that doesn't always show up in the in the um, in the stat line. You know, he's, uh, he's fearless. He was undrafted. I mean, the guy bounced around and he, he finally found a home in, in L.A. And I think that he embraces his role with the Lakers. And you see that every night. He plays as hard as he holds himself accountable when he makes mistakes. But some of his, you know, his defensive efforts have been the difference in the Lakers winning games the way they win games, which is in transition. So I think he's going to play a very, very important role in the finals. Uh, also, Rajon Rondo, man. People fail to realize that Rondo, what we're seeing from Rondo for stretches when he's playing defense, I mean, at one point in time, I watched Rondo, I forget what game it was, where he had like three or four steals back-to-back. And I think Denver won that game, but the Lakers were down like something crazy in the fourth quarter, but they brung the lead from like 17 all the way down to like three points at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And it was because yeah, Rondo was that. getting steal after steal after steal, and they have players like that on their team now what's going to be interesting is Kuzma actually steps up I think watching him it's just every night it's a mystery like I I really don't know what it is like when I see him on the floor if it's a confidence thing or what it is but he has the ability he has the skill but it's sometimes it's like he's just he's lost like he's not he doesn't really know his place in the court and he'll miss a shot and then it's like He's just out of it, man. So I would love to see Kyle Kuzma wake up if that happens. then we're talking about this possibly could be a, you know, it could be a sweep if, if Kuzma's on top of his thing. But I think overall, though, man, the Lakers, they know how to play. They know they got to they gotta play in transition. That's the way they play. They got to get to the free throw line. And um, that second second unit has to play well. You know, Dwight Howard has to be Denver game one Dwight Howard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, he, if he's that, then they're in the game, man, because he, he's coming off the bench and giving you all those rebounds, blocks, and making free throws, and playing hard defense. I mean, who, what? I mean, Bam, going against three seven-footers, I, I just don't see how he'll hold up. I mean, I'm not worried about Kelly Olynyk.
0: That's right. Now, now kids, I'm going to take you into a little inside the production booth, so to speak. So, before we come on the air, we talk about a couple things. Now, Coach T says something that led me to thinking about something that I had already been thinking about and I was going to ask him anyway. So, Coach, I'm going to ask you this. You just talked about Kyle Kuzma. I know the season's not over yet, right? But the man is 35 years old. He's doing his thing. But like you said, there were a couple games where he was in and out. You know, it was he was playing hard and then he disappeared for a while, not shoot kind of let the game go through, AD, do you think the Lakers need a third star? And do you believe that this finals is Kyle Kuzma's last chance to show that he's ready for prime time with the Lakers?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think when you put it that way, that <clears throat> honestly, yes, yes and yes. Like Kyle Kuzma has to show, like he essentially is, is trying out for other teams right now. Because LeBron, we know how LeBron operates, and he's in it to win it. Like, he doesn't have time to uh, be developing guys right now and things like that. He needs guys that are ready to go. So I think I think Kyle Kuzma needs to have a big NBA finals, not only for himself, but for the Lakers uh, organization. Because if he goes on the block and they try to trade him or whatever the case is, you know, they need to really get real value for Kyle Kuzma. And I don't think he's shown enough in the playoffs for a team to jump out there and want to say, yeah, we'll take Kyle Kuzma and the host of draft picks and give you X player, whoever that player is. But, you know, to answer your question, I think that, yes, they need a They need a third star going into next year. Hey, listen, we know what's going on in Brooklyn. Kevin Durant comes back healthy, man. Like, you got to be ready for that. Like, you got to be ready for for Golden State. Like, them boys going to be healthy, man. You They're coming back for everything that they feel like they lost. You know what I mean? Especially Kevin Durant. I think he has a lot – I wouldn't even say pressure because he already has the, the rings, he has the finals MVP. But I think he has that, you know, LeBron going back to Cleveland kind of mindset. Like, look, I ain't got Clay. I ain't got Curry. You feel me? I'm over here with me and Kyrie. You know, both of us have been tagged as players that – you know, can't do it without, you know, a bunch of superstars. So think I think Kevin Durant's gonna go crazy this year, man. I really you know, if he's healthy, I think he's gonna go crazy. So LeBron's gonna need a third score. I would love to see Chris Paul happen. You know what I'm saying? That that trade mm-hmm. got blocked back in the day. We already know what happened with that back in the day, but oh, still it- salty about that. Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. still salty about that, bro. But, like yeah. you I mean, that's like a wound that just won't ever go away when mm-hmm. David Stern blocked that trade. I was sitting there going like, huh? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. And then the thing that really killed me about that whole deal was I looked at the Clipper trade, and I was like, hold on, wait. They got Chris Paul for what they gave up, and we couldn't get our deal through? I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no. That was, ooh, <laughs> we might talk about it in the next segment about New Orleans fans, but I'm going to tell you, I was, I was real close to New Orleans fans when that went down.
1: <laughs> that was wild, man. Um, but I think if they, if they can land, if the Lakers can, you know, land a legitimate, like, scoring guard to this current roster that they already have, even if that, if that involved, you know, Kuzma not being on the roster, I think they're setting themselves up to be in the best position to compete against, you know, Colton State because that's who they're going to have to worry about. Shouts out to Dame Lillard. I love Dame Lillard. Oh, I love that's... the dude's a dog. Like, he's fearless. He ain't scared of nobody. His game is just amazing. Um, but I, I think that the Port- Portland can they can only do so much, you know what I'm saying, with just Dame and CJ. So, uh, there will always be that team that'll, you know, remind you of, unfortunately, kind of like Portland used to be back in the day. I mean, they were a good team, right? Uh, even with Rasheed Wallace and those guys, if you take it back even further back when they had Clyde Drexler, they were always really, really good, but just not good enough to get over, you know, the hump when they're facing some of the, you know, just most elite talent in the league. It's just, it's just hard. So I think that you know, Golden State will be the team that the Lakers will worry about, and the Clippers, just depending on what happens over there,
0: they got a lot of yeah, guys. I got to see what happens with that coach situation because. Mm-hmm. The the scuttlebutt out here is that Balmer got involved. So this wasn't like a organizational decision. This was a owner decision, or a board of governor decision, if that's what you want to call them now. Um, Balmer supposedly met with players. They are saying no names when it comes to the players. But you have to believe that Kawhi was involved in that. But that is the reason that Doc's out. It's not a, hey, um, you know, this was terrible. And the whole organization is saying that Doc has to go. No, this was a bomber move 100%. So I'll be real interested to see who they get to coach there next year.
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Uh, when I think about the Clippers, oh, man, somebody made the statement that the Clippers are going to be the Clippers. Um, they just can't shake the fact that they are the Clippers, and and that's exactly what it sounds like. The history of the franchise has been what it's been, no matter when they had you know Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and they tried to take that run. It's just, it's always been you know like they just can't shake the fact that they're the Clippers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just hard. So. I don't know if Kawhi Leonard would change that. I don't know if a new coach would change that. Um, I think going all in on Paul George was something that was, when you look back at it, unless he completely turns it around and they gave up so many draft picks and things like that, it's just going to be hard to rebuild and, and come back from that. So if they if they don't compete next year um, to win an NBA championship, then I, you know, I think it's over for the Clippers for a long time. They'll be back into rebuild mode all over again. So
0: and and like you said. You know, Golden State is going to be back next year. Mm -hmm. Denver will have another year under their belt, and they're going to be super dangerous. The Mavericks are going to get better. Mm -hmm. Then you got the Young Cats. Then you got the John Morants of the world, and you got the Zion Williamson's of the world. The West was already loaded, but now you add a fully healthy Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and whatever they do with that second pick, I mean, it it is super scary what that West is going to look like. So it it was a murderer's role this year, and next year it just gets even more dicey. So, like, playoff position will mean a lot. Your offseason acquisitions will mean a lot. Let me ask you one thing. When you were talking about the Kuzma deal, the one name that I thought of that would be perfect for the Lakers was Buddy Hill. And I was thinking that's the guy because he doesn't demand – he's not James Harden. He doesn't dribble all the time. I think that him being with LeBron and being with AD would also be helpful. But that would be the the third guy, another guy who could create his own shot, get his – he's super nasty from outside. And putting him with winners – sorry, Sacramento. <laughs> hey.
1: Here's y'all y'all
0: were super good when y'all had c Web in there. But uh, y'all – hey, we call it how we call it. If Buddy Hill was with, with some winners, I'm thinking like something like that. And I think the salaries match up as well. So you could do something with Sacramento – because I think he's also disgruntled there too, because they took him out of the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, man, buddy, buddy, you know he signed that contract extension, uh, 2019, I believe he signed that contract extension. So, I mean, he got a he got a pretty big bag, man. Shouts out to Buddy, man. Hey, man, let me hold something. But uh, yeah, he uh, <laughs> you, you know, know he, he doing his thing, man, and I'm I'm happy to see him finally progress because I know he came in the league with a lot of expectations and. You know, for the most part, a lot of people were kind of tagging him as a, as a bust and things like that. So for him to average 20 points a game and, you know, to really, you know, kind of have one of his best seasons, if not his best season of his career, was, it was amazing to see it, man. So uh I think a guy like that would be good for LeBron and him, you know. Uh Having a shooter, I'm just concerned about the point guard position just because when it comes down to, like, that second unit, mm. Ron, Rondo has been amazing. Don't get me wrong. Rondo has been amazing. He's exceeded all expectations. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you ask. Like, he scored. He's assisted. He's defended. He's he's rebounded the ball. I've watched Rondo hit multiple three-pointers. I watched him make free throws. Rondo has been exceptional. But to expect that, you know, for a whole season out of Rondo at his age, I think it would have been unrealistic. So uh, just getting a guard that can consistently score – and and be a threat night in and night out and then kind of spell him with a Rondo or, you know, Avery Bradley or whoever else you're going to bring in, I think, to me, if I was, you know, in the front office, I would be trying to find me a scoring point guard. But Buddy Hill, he could work. He could work. They need shooting. Right now, they're getting three-point shots from KCP and, uh, like I say, Cal Kuzma and uh, Danny Green. And so, yeah, I mean, he would definitely add value to the Lakers if they could get him, for sure.
0: It was just something that I had to think about because I was looking at the team and I saw what you saw with LeBron. LeBron picked his spots in the Western Conference Finals. He, he balled out. Do not ever get me wrong. He balled out. But there were a couple of games where it was like, okay, has he scored like in the last 20 minutes? Like, mm-hmm. where is he? I can't find you. But I would think some another player – would free him up even more. And somebody who could handle the ball would be definitely welcomed in the la-la when it comes to that. So, Coach T, we're going to switch gears. How was your Sunday? Did you get all of your blessings from God?
1: For sure. Hey, man, I get them every day, man. Every day I wake up, brother, you know the feeling, man. It's, uh, hey, we blessed to be on the right side of the earth. But I tell you what, as far as Sunday, I don't know how to feel, brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I tweeted it out. You saw it, man. Like, I, you know, um, it's weird when you, when you have friends that are Panthers fans and they're extremely optimistic about the season. And for the first two weeks, we were both kind of just, they were against me because I'm basically – they think I'm rooting for the Panthers to lose. And they're like, well, man, you, you can't do that. I'm like – I'm looking at the big picture. Anyway, so with them winning Sunday and without Christian McCaffrey, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't really know what we're doing here. If we're, if we're planning on trying to get Trevor Lawrence or if we can't get Trevor Lawrence and we go for a consolation prize and get, um, you know, the kid from Ohio State, then – we're going to need to be in the top three of the draft. And I'm going to tell you right now, the New York Jets and the New York Giants, oh, I think they fighting for, you know what I'm saying? They they fighting for Trevor Lawrence right now. Oh,
0: oh don't forget the Denver Broncos because, like, they they lost more dudes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. More. Yeah, their quarterback situation is ugly right now. Ugly. I think the dude they're starting. Cap can't, can't get no burn whatsoever. Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. Sure. Hey brother, stay strong. Keep fighting a good fight, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm looking at, I'm looking at different situation and going like, this. Okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> it's, ugly. it's ugly.
1: Yeah, it's ugly. And, and unless they're like really, you know, putting faith in, you know, Drew Locke to come back and you know recover from that injury and you know kind of having you know some patience, or giving him a little bit of grace because I mean the guy, you know, he he was trying to do his thing. And, I mean, he can't can't help that he got hurt. So, hopefully, I would imagine, you know, if I was in that front office, I would try to at least take that route. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm saying that maybe I'm biased because I watched my team let Cam Newton go off injury and give him a chance. So, uh, you know, you got to give those guys a chance to come back and prove that they're healthy and that they can, you know, play at the level that you're expecting them to play at. But, you know, Sunday with the Panthers, I, you know, I watched the game. And, honestly, man, I kind of was more excited at the end because I really thought, we, you know, Charges came back. I had text you and I'm like, yo, it was 21-16. Like honestly, if Keenan Allen wanted to drop that touchdown, you know, we would be talking about 0 3 right now. So that that was the difference in that game. One on one coverage.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: I was surprised Keenan Allen dropped it. Hit him right in the hands, man. He, he dropped it. So uh it went from that, man. Chargers would have won that game for sure.
0: Here's here's my thing with uh Carolina. Now, this is a shout out to North Carolina and South Carolina. I know y'all rep the Panthers. Let me tell y'all something. Losing is good right now. That's what you want. All of your draft picks this year are just getting their feet wet in the NFL. Now, next year comes. You don't win 6 7 games. You win One, two, maybe three, and that puts you in the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields category, and that's where you want to be. You want to be in the next generational talent. You want your own Kyler Murray. Now, see, y'all had Kim, so now you need to get whatever's next, and whatever's next is not, sorry, Teddy B, you're not it, bro. Love you, but you're not it. The next guy is either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. So, and I know ACC football is huge out there. Y'all see him all the time. So tanking for Trevor is a real deal. Everybody needs behind that hashtag and bring you another real quarterback to the Charlotte area.
1: For sure. I think, uh, you know, real quick, man, not to kind of, I'll just say my piece as far as with Trevor Lawrence. I heard this mentioned on sports radio and uh, I think that's where I heard it. It was saying that his parents, Trevor Lawrence's parents, may take the Eli Manning route, you know, if the Jets get the number one pick or something like that. And that's that's interesting, too, just to hear that thrown out there because, you know, you get the number one pick and you just flat out say, look, I'm not playing for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not playing. You're going to have to trade me or Whatever the case is, I'm interested to see if something like that will actually happen. It worked out for Eli. I mean, he won multiple Super Bowls. Unfortunately, you know, Philip Rivers he um, won zero Super Bowls. So, I mean, that decision for that, to, you know, for that to happen, I mean,
0: it worked out. So, listen, Mama and Daddy are always. because T is a father. I'm a father. We always gonna be looking out for our kids, <laughs> making sure they're okay and then they're in the right situation. Okay, the Jets cannot have nice things. They have shown that. Mm -hmm. Jamal Adams, I don't care what you hear in New York, that guy is not a cancer. And before his injury, all Pete Carroll and his teammates had to say was how good a teammate, how good a leader he was. So that says something about your organization. That says something about your coaching staff and what have you. So if Trevor Lawrence wants to escape from New York, so to speak, shout out to Kurt Russell. I love that movie. Uh, Yo, Trevor should do whatever he can to stay out of uh, New York, stay out of Gotham. It'll do him no good to go there. I wholeheartedly believe in that as well. But Carolina can take this all out of the way by not winning games.
1: Exactly, exactly. And, like, when you talk about the Jets, just to kind of add a little bit to that, man, to, to you know, help people understand, like, the severity of, of the situation with the New York Jets. Uh, since Joe Namath, the Jets have had 24 quarterbacks, right? 24 quarterbacks. And name me one of those quarterbacks that was the start. Give me one. Mm.
0: They really haven't had one. They haven't. And, there, and, and here's the other thing. I don't think Darnold is a bad quarterback. I think, did, I, think I saw him at USC. Okay, listen, I am UCLA through and through—basketball, football, baseball, whatever, water polo. But I saw the kid, and the kid can play. The problem is, is that Adam Gase. I question. Listen, go back and listen to the prior pods. <laughs> I said that Adam Gase was the Achilles heel in New York. And I believe that they were going to go 5-11 and 11 before the season started. And I think that Darno is going to be kind of the same situation as Josh Rosen. These cats just somehow they just went to bad organizations, organizations that were changing over. And new regimes were coming in. And the Jets cannot get it right at all. They are so in up. In up. They're so worried about the newspaper clippings and all this and how it plays on page six and all, all. No. Put a plan together. Execute the plan. Stick to plan. And then let's see. This changes stuff every year or every other year. That's not how winning franchises go. Exactly. Not at all.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think uh, when you think about the Jets, you you really think about losing. <laughs> I got a, I got a buddy of mine that's a Jets fan, and man, he's dedicated. You know, like one thing we can relate to is just just uh, losing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can relate to losing. Like um, it's unfortunate, but he you know he's he's dedicated to his team, but. Like you say, I just think it's the organization. Like it's the organization, no matter, you know, it's almost like if, if I gave them a, a brand new car, it's just that kid, you, you give him a brand new car, he's guaranteed to wreck it. You know what I'm saying? Like give him a Ferrari, he's guaranteed to take it and just try to go off-roading with it or something. Like they just, their their mindset to me in that front office, it just, it doesn't speak uh, of a winning culture. Uh, the development piece alone is something that's just, I mean, it shows year in and year out. No matter what players go there, they've had some good pieces, you know, at one point in time. But the quarterback situation in itself has just been, I mean, constantly year in and year out. They cannot find a quarterback to play for the Jets to be good. I mean, they've had guys. I mean, Mark Sanchez, right? He took them to the, uh, you know, deep in the playoffs. But Mark Sanchez, he wasn't – I mean, nobody will talk about 10 years, 20 years from now. You know, they just Mm. haven't had a start. And it's just unfortunate. So yeah, if I was if I was um, sunshine and I'm coming out of there, and I was his parents, I would definitely probably make that move. You know what I'm saying? If I had the opportunity to be like, my son's not going there. Y'all gonna have to trade him, or well, he's not playing. He's gonna sit out. You know, I hey, I I I would do it, man. I would do it. I, and I don't blame them for doing that at all. For real, I don't.
0: Well, he'll have something in his back pocket because here's the thing. What he can do is this. I'm giving Charlotte the blueprint to Trevor Lawrence, okay? So Charlotte, listen in. South Carolina, come real, real close to your speaker. When the Jets pick him at number one, he goes to Dwayne Johnson, who just bought the XFL and say, listen, you pay me about $30 million. I'll play for one season. I'll legitimize your league and then I'll take my talents to the, to the NFL. He man. will have something in his back pocket for sure. So that,
1: That's an interesting perspective, I think. <laughs> I never even thought about that. First, man, like, we've experienced it here in our city, of course. You know, rest in peace to the late, great Kobe Bryant. Um, a lot of people have uh, misinterpreted just the whole situation when he was drafted here. He, wasn't, he, was, he was never our player, um, if that makes sense. He was already – a deal was already made. So, it didn't matter if that was Kobe Bryant that they picked. We were picking him for the Lakers. And the Lakers had already agreed to send over, um, you know, Divock and the players that we wanted. So, uh, you know, guys, we got to let that go. Kobe did not decide not to play for the Hornets. That wasn't his decision. It was a trade that was already made. So, think about stuff like that, man. Uh, A lot of teams think that, you know, it's on the player. To make that decision, but a lot of times it's the organization, man, that you know makes that decision to say, "Hey, we're we're going to go ahead and trade. This is what we want," and the other team saying, "Hey, this is what we want. So let's make it happen." Um, it, it was never, it was never Kobe Bryant's decision. Sometimes I I just want to throw that out there. That might be a little bit off topic, but uh, I just want to. Kind oh of
0: no, be, no, go ahead, go ahead, and about that. Yeah, go ahead, yeah, yeah. cause I got a piece on that. So go
1: ahead. Yeah, a lot a lot of people around here still are living with a lot of resentment like saying that you know uh, something and, and even before Kobe died there were people that literally didn't like him because uh, he didn't he wouldn't play for the Hornets Nah, it wasn't his choice he was already traded you know what I'm saying like his draft rights were already traded to the Lakers so it, his name could have been Gary Brown but he would have been going to the Lakers it didn't matter the trade was already done you know what I'm saying he just ended up being one of the greatest players to ever play. And so people are walking around with the, just the sour taste in their mouth, man. But, you know, um, Charlotte, we got to let it go, man. We got to let it go, man. You know what I mean? Cause the Kobe Bryant jerseys and all that stuff, he never played a game here, man. He wore the hat in the, on draft day because that's what they do. They give you a hat and you find out you were traded to another team. I mean, you just got a picture with that hat on, man. There's nothing you can do about that. You know what I'm saying? So just, just let it go. Let it go, man. Coming from Coach T, man. I got y'all back, man. Y'all can talk to me. I can help you through the process. We got to let it go. man, For sure.
0: And, and Charlotte, here's another little piece of information. You were never the target because really what it was is the New Jersey Nets. The New Jersey Nets had already carried Kittles. All right. So they were thinking about drafting Kobe Bean Bryant. He decided not to work out for them and he told them not to draft him. He never told anything about Charlotte not to draft them. He said New Jersey. So you got swindled by the Lakers for sure. You need to go check your front office. How did you let a generational talent go for a cigarette smoking seven foot one uh, center? You might want to talk to your franchise about that. But as far as Kobe saying, nah, I'm good. I don't want to go to Charlotte. That was never the case. But the team that he did say, oh, no, I'm not working out for you. No, no at all was the New Jersey Nets, which now reside in Brooklyn.
1: Right, Shouts out to Jersey, man, by the way, man. My sister, man, I love you. She live in Jersey and Trenton. I got family up there. My niece, Danaya. Look, hey, Jersey, I love y'all, man. So this ain't no indictment on Jersey, man. You feel me? Shouts out to Jersey. Oh, no.
0: Because the other thing, while Jersey <laughs> – this is where New York fan hates me. How is it that Jersey has two football teams? <laughs> mm. It's always been my thing, man. They <laughs> call yeah. them New York Giants and the New York Jets and – not one of them play in New York at all.
1: It's silly, man, because then you <laughs> live in Jersey, and then, like, like my sister, for example, she likes the Boston Celtics. <laughs> she doesn't root for you know what I'm saying? So, it, it, she's born and raised in Jersey, and still lives in Jersey, and it's like, it's just weird, like, the sports fans there, they're different, you know what I'm saying? Like, most of them don't even root for the Nets, you get what I'm saying? It's, it's, just, it's just weird, man. It's a different type of environment, but I guess... When you have multiple teams, you know, sports teams playing in your city, you know, I guess you yeah, you got the choice, man, you know, to go whatever direction you want to go in. You know something about that, man, up there in L.A., man,
0: you know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's wild out here. <laughs>
1: and,
0: and you got Clipper fan, like, crying, saying, oh, yeah, we would have beat you if we would have got to the Western Conference Finals. I'm like, how are, you, how are you even talking right now? You didn't even get there. So don't talk about how you would have beat us when you – what, hypothetical? That's the game we're playing now? Oh, we didn't get there, but on paper we would have beat y'all. No, stop. Listen. Listen to Uncle Vince. Help yourself stop. Do not do that. Shame on you, Clipper fan. Paul George did not carry the mail. Lou Williams decided to go to a strip club to get chicken wings. Matres Harold was – mad about his time. So you had a team of dysfunction, and that's why you lost to the Nuggets because all those dudes was on, one string, all in the same accord.
1: Sorry to cut you off, but let's not forget as well, Clippers fans, that your team was the main team that didn't want to stay in the bubble. When the NBA had the meetings and everything about potentially shutting down the bubble... The Clippers were, you know, on the side of not wanting to be there. So when you already have it made up in your mind that we don't want to be here, like, yeah, you're playing and you're getting by based on just talent alone, but at some point in time, man, you gotta want it. And I don't think they ever wanted to be there. So I mean that 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 reared its ugly head towards the end, man. And that's another reason why I think they just didn't get it done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's
0: just it's just that whole thing about being, you know, the little brother in Los Angeles. You know, they squawking, they squawking, but once the finals is over, and yes, Coach T and myself are picking the Lakers in six. For sure. Because they got grown men on their on their team. And they got champions all over the board. Rondo, LeBron, Danny Green, all these paths got championship experience. JaVale McGee, Dwight Howard's been to a final. He knows what it's all about. So that, I think, experience just, you know, rules the day, and they win. You know, I don't know how we're going to do a parade in the pandemic. I, I still don't know how that goes down. But we'll virtual. see how L.A. turns out.
1: <laughs> the virtual. Everybody be tapped yeah. in, man. You know, tapping in virtual is still kind of weird, man. That'd be crazy, man. But, uh...
0: Coach, can you imagine what how Snoop is going to celebrate?
1: Oh, man, I can only imagine. And it's genuine, too, man. It's genuine. I love Snoop, man. Shouts out to Snoop, man. We Hey, we get you on the podcast one day, man. Let's talk about some football. Let's talk about basketball, man. I know he loves sports, man.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Shouts out to the dog flogger West Coast, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't. Man, that's the first thing. I want to see his IG story. I want to see how Snoop is celebrating the NBA final, the championship, the 17th championship, and the La La. So, Coach T, we're going to transition real quick. Mm-hmm. I have one question for you. Who's the most vulnerable 3-0 and team in the NFL? Hmm,
1: hmm, hmm. You know what? Because
0: we got a lot of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. When I look at it, right away, man, I'm sorry, Buffalo. Uh, Hey, hey, man, I'm sorry. It's Buffalo, in my opinion. And I'm going to tell you why. Just because, look, I think Buffalo's playing awesome. I think they're doing really, really great. Um, I'm just not really sold on Josh Allen like that, man. I think eventually something's going to happen and Josh Allen's going to Play terribly. I know. I know he's playing lights out right now, and they're doing their thing. But I'm just not sold on Josh Allen being the guy to be able to, you know, just take them to the promised land. You know what I'm saying? Like he's good. I don't think he's great. You know what I mean? Because when you look at the other teams, he's doing
0: seventy percent of his passes right now.
1: Oh yeah, he's balling right now, and I I get it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't. I really don't want to take nothing away from. But the Steelers, to me, their defense has been playing great. Steelers. I mean, the Chiefs are on just a league of their own. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The Titans might be the second team that you might want to talk about. But I think the Titans, they kind of, you know, had a toe in the pool of glory last year. You get what I'm saying? They know what it feels like. And I think they're hungry. You know what I'm saying? So the Titans team, to me, is one to watch out for. You know, I think that they've proven that they can do it. That they know how to win. You know, even though they both went to the playoffs, the Bills went to the playoffs last year too. But if I had to pick between the Titans and the Bills, I, I just, I don't think the Bills. Um, would be the team to continue to play at the level they're playing at now. So, I may be wrong. Uh, Josh Allen, if you're listening, may be using his motivation, you know what I'm saying, or whatever. That's but right. uh, if I had to choose right now the 3-0 and teams, it will be Buffalo that I'm just not sold on continuing to be
0: great. Coach T, I'm going to submit to you two different teams, and I'll give you the reasons why. The first team that I'm going to go with is the Chicago Bears. They're 3-0. and mm. They just changed their quarterback out. yeah. I'm not so on either one of them. Nick Foles, to me, is a good quarterback who can get hot, and he did in Philly at the right time. I don't know if the, the parts around him are super special, like it was in Philadelphia that year, right? So I love Anthony Miller. Shout out to Anthony Miller. That dude went to Memphis. I saw him ball out at Memphis. Shout out to Anthony Miller. That's my dude in Chicago, okay? But the rest of that squad, I'm looking at it, and I'm going, mm, I don't know. And they play in a division with Green Bay. The rest of the division is trash. But we'll see how it all plays out with the Chicago Bears. And the second team might surprise some people. So I might need a little room for this one. Coach T, but I have Seattle as my second team. Now, first of all, hold on, everybody out there, I want to let Russ cook, okay? First and foremost, shout out to Sierra, Shouts out to that power couple. Listen, yo, anytime you see black love like that, that's a good thing. Now, Russ is doing his thing. He's an MVP candidate. That defense is terrible. You cannot call yourself the legion of boom no more you giving up 30 plus again 30 plus you giving up 30 plus and dallas is turning the football over to you twice and you still giving up 30 i don't know that scares me and and the thing about it is is i don't see anybody on the horizon like and they lost dudes so i don't know how bad the Jamal Adams injury is and when he gets back that will make a difference but I don't know if Russ can keep up averaging like 35 points plus to just win games because mm. at some point you get caught For sure. Defense shows up somewhere so I'll be interested to see how the rest of the season plays out what's your thoughts on that?
1: You, you surprised me with the Seattle thing I'm going to be honest but the way you break it down and you talk about the defense you I mean, defense matters. You know, the old defense wins championship thing might maybe kind of out the window in today's game because we know that Kansas City doesn't have the best defense. They just, they're so much better than everybody on offense that it just, you know, they'll they will win a shootout if need be. You know, they'll come back, they'll do whatever they need to do to win because they got that guy playing quarterback that just signed a half-a-billion-dollar contract um, and he's worth every penny, but... Let's start with the Bears, man. I think the Bears, you're spot on with the Bears. The only reason I didn't mention the Bears is you know my boy Mitch, man. That's my boy, man. I'm sorry, man. Hey, shots out Chapel Hill, man. We love you, man. You know I love everything about my Carolina boys, man. Mm-hmm. I, I watched Mitch get benched uh, for Nick Foles, and Nick Foles came in the game and threw a pick his first possession. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> today is, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying, Mitch? Mitch hasn't played great, but, I mean, how many guys, are you know, 2-0, and then they get benched, you know what I'm saying, in the third game? Here's the thing. They have the luxury of two things. Sunday they played against Atlanta, who was just a mess. You know what I mean? Atlanta lets people come back. They've already shown that they're a mess. And then you look at the rest of their schedule. You look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, honestly, Chicago, I mean, we'll see what the Colts are really made of because I honestly made a comment. Last, our last episode about the Colts being a team that nobody cared about and how they would probably be in the top five of the draft, but low-key the Colts are playing really good defense. Uh, Phillip Rivers is there and, you know, they're winning some games right now, so I think if the Bears win against the Colts, then maybe I'll have a different opinion, but if you look at the rest of their schedule, they play the Bucks, then they play us, the Carolina Panthers, L.A. Rams, Saints, uh, Titans, you know. So, their schedule, you know, they have some tough games in there. So, the Bears, I, I can agree with you on that. But the Seahawks, their schedule, to me, is pretty favorable, I, I, in my opinion. I think when you got teams like the Dolphins, uh, you got, you know, the Cardinals are still a young team. You know, you got the Cardinals. They have to play the Eagles, who are terrible. They play the Jets and the Giants, terrible. They, I mean, they got to play the Redskins. 49ers, are injury just, you know – rattle with injuries, I think their schedule is a lot more favorable. So they 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 will probably come out at you know the pack as a playoff team in my opinion, just based on just on paper looking at the schedule. But the Bears, I don't think the Bears are sustaining. So you're you're, you're completely right. I just you know I I tried to pick the Bills because Mitch is my guy, man. I took my kids to watch Mitch ball out at Chapel Hill. <laughs> I, I watched I watched. The, I watched this man throw like five touchdowns, man. Like it was nothing at Carolina, man. We had a really good team, and it's a part of my heart that's still with that team
0: that, that Mitch played for in Chapel Hill. So, um, by the way, if this is get Chapel Hill hyped up, that we throwing so much Carolina love, I don't know, I don't know what we're gonna do, <laughs> Carolina, Chapel Hill. We want to see some numbers from y'all. Yes, sir. Shout yes. out to y'all. Yes, sir. Always, man. Shots out to y'all For sure. so here's why i'll give it what I said about Seattle to me because they're getting so much hype about winning, like not just winning but going to a super Bowl, and I'm going like, Whoa, wait, hold on, see the difference between Kansas City and Seattle is that Kansas City gets pressure on the quarterback. That's true. Seattle doesn't get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. The sack, the fumble sack was a coverage sack. And other than that, Dak had 450 something yards against them. So I'm looking at, and listen, Dallas has a light out offense, but everybody, everybody has scored 30 on them so far. Everyone. You know, I can understand the Dallas game, two elite offenses going up against one another, but they can't stop the run. They can't get off the field on third down. And at some point, that catches up with you. I love Russ, and I want Russ to win an MVP. But I'm saying that that defense, there has to be some sort of trade. Something has to happen, maybe some personnel changes or whatever. If the 4-3 is not working and you got a bunch of linebackers, maybe you go 3-4. I don't know. But something's got to give because you can't keep asking Russ to throw for five touchdowns every single game.
1: I agree, man. Uh, Here's the thing, man. I'm going to give give the Seahawks a little bit of grace here, a little bit, because I'm going to always err on the side of – how can I put it? We're going to compare them – to the really, really, really bad defense. Yeah, right now through three games, they have five sacks, which is not very good, you know. Um, they've given up nine sacks um, to, to the opponent. So when you look at that number, you say, yeah, for a team that you expect to go into the playoffs and, you know, be able to compete for a championship ultimately and, you know, Russell Wilson should have an MVP year, you will say that that's not going to get it done. You know what I mean? At this rate, like one sack per game, a little over one sack per game, that's not going to be enough. But there's a team over here in Charlotte, man, North Carolina. We got two sacks, bro. Two the whole <laughs> season, and they just came all in one game, man. So, like, man, you you listen, that five don't sound so bad. You get what I'm saying? We're averaging less than one sack per game. What does that equate to? I I never even what is it like? We're averaging like what point point six? Coach T, that that's gonna end up with
0: a lot of L's though, bro. So yeah, it's, <laughs> it's okay.
1: Pretty bad, so. Um, I agree, man. You know, if they expect to actually, uh, you know, reach their goals and, and things like that, they don't have to pick up those pressures on the quarterback because you can't play against really good teams. Like Pat Mahomes, if you don't hit him, I mean, just give up, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, just give it up. You feel me? You got to be able to pressure that guy. If you can't, then, I mean, he's just going to play around, play around with the defense and just make him look silly, so. Yeah, I agree, man. Seattle's going to have to step it up on defense. But if they can get some of those injured, injured players back and start to get some chemistry going, uh, you know, get some rest and things like that, the Seattle may have a chance, you know, uh, defensively to try to, you know, improve. You know, I don't think there'll be a top 10 defense, but sometimes you just need to do enough to, to uh, you know, make sure the offense isn't, you know, constantly just trying to, you know, shoulder the load every game.
0: I mean, really all you're asking the Seattle defense to do, is to get maybe like two or three stops a game, you know, like on critical third downs and get that offense back on the field because then now you can play with a cushion and you don't have to play all these tight, nail-biting, let's go down to the last second to the wire to win football games. You know, as camp, everybody's talking about the Patriots offense being terrible and they put up yards against Seattle as well. So with that being kind of the the backdrop of it, you're just looking for Seattle just to make sure that on critical third downs so your defense doesn't stay on the field for 13, 14 plays, you get the offense back on the field. Yo, just, hey, shut it down on third so Russ can cook some more. Oh, man,
1: Russ (laughs) cooking up cooking like crazy man. Shouts out to Russ, man. It's been exciting to watch him this season, man. And I hope he gets the MVP. I think he deserves it, man. Uh to know that he hasn't hasn't received an MVP vote uh, up until this point is kind of just crazy. But um I think I think he deserves it. He's a great guy on and off field. And I, I just want to you, you love to see people like that win. I'm I'm rooting for Russ, but you know ultimately it's gonna be tough. I mean I don't I personally think Kansas City is gonna go ahead and win it. <laughs> I don't see anything happen, man. As long as as as, uh, Pat Mahomes, you know, God forbid, an injury or something like that, I think that that team
0: is going to uh, go off. Well, Coach T, you you better show him some respect because his mama texted Monday Night Football and said, you better call him Patrick.
1: Patrick, yeah, I'm sorry. Mom Dukes, hey, I have respect. I'm a yes ma'am, no ma'am type of guy, so. Uh, Ma'am, I apologize. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as long as he doesn't get
0: hurt, they're going to win another Super Bowl, for sure. Which brings me to the Monday Night Football game, right? I mean, that was just a clinic. First of all, two things that just absolutely shocked me. Even though the score was 34-20, it never seemed that close at all. And then the other thing is that dude just glided out of the pocket and got his arm in some almost side arm. It wasn't even three-quarter. It was, like, almost submarine-type throw. And he threw a dart, like, 23 yards down the field, like, right on the money. I mean, he's a I, – I don't have any more superlatives for Patrick Mahomes. I, I, whatever stamp he needed – Yes, he's legit. There, you don't need to worry about that cat at all. He's good. He got his bag. Shouts out to him and his fiance because they just announced they're having a baby. So, shouts out to the expected couple. So And he owns part of a baseball team. So, I don't know what this cat else he can do. Yeah,
1: it's, 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 when you look at it, um, as an NFL franchise going forward who's in need of a quarterback and you're looking at what you want, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the guy that you look at and say, all right, man, if we can fall, like, somewhere close to this, you know what I mean, at the quarterback position, we're good. Because this guy, is, yeah, he can make any throw. Um, he's very mobile. He's very smart. Uh, he understands every every part of the game. And he's just so young, man. And we haven't even seen the best of him yet. And, he, you know, think I think we're going to be witnessing one of the greatest players maybe and this is this is a tough statement here I'm gonna say that if he stays healthy that he may be the best quarterback we've ever seen you know if he continues to play at this level if he play because he does things that Tom Brady couldn't do you get what I'm saying Mm -hmm. you know and so because of that if he stays consistent and doesn't get hurt he may just obliterate the, the record books, man. This guy's off the charts, man. He's amazing. Oh, yeah.
0: He's going to make a, a real assault on the record books. So, Breeze and uh, Manning and all the Cats that are like one, two, and three. I mean, you guys are placeholders until he's had enough years in the league <laughs> to accumulate the yards he needs. You know? So, that is 100 right there. The other thing that I wanted to say about him is this: you know how sometimes you'll like you'll look at Bleacher Report. Shout out to Bleacher Report. I get a lot of information from there. So um, you know how they'll they'll say, okay, build the perfect quarterback, right? When you look at Patrick Mahomes, right? He reminds me of a little bit of Randall Cunningham, a little bit of John Elway. His release is quick, like Marino. You know, um, he scrambles. You know, Elway did a lot of that as well. And his mind reminds me of like one of the, you know, top quarterbacks in the game, too, like Joe Montana. So, I mean, this dude is set up to do huge things. If he, like you said, if he stays healthy, nothing happens to him. He has a real shot at putting up huge numbers. The only thing about it is it's always just – it's hard to win Super Bowls, man. It's hard to win them. Oh, definitely. You know, but I could see him having a a handful before it's all over
1: with. Yeah, because he's the type of player that you really think that, okay, you put him in that Drew Brees, Tom Brady uh, conversation because I don't think it's about the talent that he has around him. You can say, oh, he has the best receiving core, but let's be clear, man. If Sammy uh, Watkins went and played for somebody else, what would he be really doing? We've already seen him somewhere. All right. Um, You know, take his receivers and put them somewhere else. Would they produce the same way they are producing right now for the Chiefs? And I don't think so. There's only a
0: few teams that you could put his receivers on. One would be Buffalo because Josh Allen has a cannon. Yeah. So, he would be one. But other than that, Aaron Rodgers, if he had that receiving style, For sure. would be able to do damage as well. Exactly. But other than that, that's it. That's why I think it's about
1: him. I think it's about him. And you can take those pieces because, you know, when you win Super Bowls, everybody's value goes up. You know what I'm saying? I don't care if you're the second-string linebacker, uh, third-string running back, special teams guy everybody's going to want to give you a bag. You know what I'm saying? After after you win a Super Bowl, a couple Super Bowls. So um, I think that's what Kansas City has working for them um, in a positive way, because I really think it doesn't matter who you give him. Like he's going to, he's going to, he's going to produce. And if I'm the receiver that, you know, Joe Smith that nobody ever heard of, and I'm going to play with Patrick Mahomes, I ain't going to want to drop no passes, man. You get what I'm saying? Like I'm going to be out there just, playing playing like my life's on the line. You get what I'm saying? So uh, I think that's why, you know, you talk about Patrick Mahomes and the like, you talk about Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, because really those quarterbacks don't need the best receivers. It's about them, their arm talent, their leadership, their ability, the ball placement. You know what I'm saying? Like the things that just every quarterback can't consistently do. And that's why they're all time great. So, um uh, you know, I think I think as long as they can keep him healthy, they're going to be good. You know what I mean? They they pulled a running back from from LSU who wasn't really a star, but now he's just like a freaking star right now. You know what I'm saying? So I just think he's just playing with, you know, a guy who's just, you know, he breeds confidence. You know, like if you play with him, you're gonna you're gonna turn you can turn into a great player. So I think that's the benefit of having a Patrick Mahomes right now.
0: And, and by the way, Dallas fan. That's the difference between your quarterback and Patrick Mahomes. That dude gets it done. It doesn't. That game against the Chargers, they had no Benzes winning that game, but he found a way. And to go into Baltimore, I don't care if there were 35 fans or 65,000. I don't think it would have made a difference to him. Not last night. Last night, He was – it was as – I think the word I would like to use is it was enjoyable to watch to see a quarterback manipulate a defense the way he did because did you see – a couple of those throws were just absolutely unreal. For sure. I mean, 55 yards in the air and literally hits that man right in the hands. He didn't have to stretch, nothing. I mean –
1: Arm talent is ridiculous, man. It, it's ridiculous, and hey, honestly, shouts out to Andy Reid because people people have to give him credit because we've seen Andy Reid in different situations. I just had a guy on. Um, shouts out to the Independent Thought podcast. I just had my my guy Desmond on. We uh, recorded an episode that's going to be on my season three, and he's from Philadelphia, and we were talk. We talked a little bit about Philly sports and the Philly sports fan. I remember you know Andy Reid being with Philadelphia, and he had Donovan McNabb and. He had some weapons, right? But he took that Philly team and and I mean they were fun to watch in those days. And I think that Donovan McNabb was good. He was nowhere near Patrick Mahomes. And so now here he is getting blessed with a quarterback that can do everything with his, you know, his football mind that he has and his ability to draw up plays. He's really just oh man, it's just a beauty to watch the play calling. You know what I'm saying? Like you watch some of those plays, and you just watch them develop. And, what a play call. You know, like, you know, putting Tyreek Hill in motion and, and the things they do and just, you know, having a tight end. is just ridiculous. And having these other – like, he uses every piece that he has on that offense. Yo, the offensive tackle
0: caught, caught a touchdown pass, man.
1: Unbelievable, man. Andy right. is, is definitely getting – finally getting what he deserves, man, because he's put in a lot of work, man. I'm, I'm happy to see that, that kind of stuff happen.
0: Yeah, shout-out to Andy Reid. Shout-out to – it's cool because now, along with Bill Belichick, as far as, like, the most cerebral guy in the NFL, Andy Reid can go ahead and put his name up there as well. And I'm glad that he got the title to prove it, and I hope that he get a couple more because, first of all, that means Patrick Mahomes gets a couple more. And i like to see that happen, Definitely. And then the second thing is is that, yeah, I don't think he got a fair shot. I mean, he was there for a while, but them not uh, being able to get back to the Super Bowl had a lot to do with certain personnel that was on that team. And just unfortunately not acting appropriately cost them maybe a couple years of, of that window staying open, and that was that whole T.O., Donovan McNabb mess that Mm -hmm. went on and uh, you don't have really any control over that, right? If you get a wide receiver who is very opinionated. Also, sometimes that's what makes him so good as well. He needs that juice, but not being able to dial that in and getting on the same page with Donovan. And again, He is not as talented as Patrick Mahomes. We're never saying that. But that team could have done something if they would have kind of galvanized together and they didn't. But I'm glad that Andy Reid got his Super Bowl. And hopefully with the the way they're playing now, they're definitely going to get a couple more. You can for sure say that. Definitely.
1: Showing y'all some love, Kansas City. You know, I actually have a – I, you know, I have a few jerseys that I wear. A lot of people that know me, man, they know I'm big in the fashion, man. And I have a, I have a Kansas City Royals jersey, man. And I don't even really watch baseball like that, but I just like the colors of the jersey. So, man, Kansas City, man, shouts out to y'all, man. Your team's balling. Y'all got some crazy, you know, jersey designs and everything. And I'm rocking with Kansas City, man. You know, I got to find somebody else that excites me this season. You know, so I, I'm, a, I'm keeping my eye on the Patriots and I'm keeping my eye on the Kansas City Chiefs, man.
0: Oh, for sure. Listen, it's my my NFC team, everybody knows my teams. I cape up for the Rams. That is my squad. They've been my squad. But to appreciate greatness, oh yeah. I want to see what Bill Belichick does without Brady this year. So far, so good, by the way. And you know who plays Kansas City next? Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots.
1: They're putting they're putting Cam through the gauntlet, man. <laughs> are all that. Like, <laughs> like I think this is, you know, it could you couldn't have drawn up a better storyline for Cam Newton's comeback, right? And he's built for what's what's happening right now. He's he wants this. Like he lost to Seattle on the last play of the game. All right. It was on him, right? But he bought out that game too. So um he's playing against the best talent. He's playing against the guys that are making the most money. And he's saying, okay, y'all going to see what I can do. And, you know, after this season, we're we going to talk We gonna talk about the bag. You know what I'm saying? So, you couple that with their win-loss record and, of course, the accolades and things like that. And I think that it's going to result in Cam um, getting another, you know, $100 million contract, man, with somebody,
0: man, or somewhere else. Here's, here's the thing with that. And we just gave Kansas City love. So, Beantown, Boston, your boy Spent. 15 years there. So, you know that I love you. You know I got crazy love. Now, Cam actually probably presents the biggest problem to Kansas City for one reason and one reason only. Ball control, not as many drives. If they can hold time of possession, which they can, they'll give Kansas City all they want if they can do that. If they don't give up on the run like Baltimore did, because Baltimore gave up on the run, yeah. I don't think Belichick will. So, I'll be real interested to see how that plays out this Sunday.
1: Yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. I think just Cam, Cam is a competitor. Um, you got the right guy for the right moment. So, ultimately, it's going to come down to, you know, can you um, slow down Kansas City? I mean, if you can you slow them down? I mean, San Diego, I'm saying San Diego – my bad, L.A. L.A. Chargers. Hey, don't worry <laughs> about <laughs> it. They still
0: call San Diego here too, <laughs> so slowed, don't
1: worry. About it. Yeah, facts. My bad, but they 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 slowed them down some kind of way, and I think that's all you really can can hope to do. And it's the, it's the same concept with all great players, whether that's basketball, baseball, whatever. You know, you can you can never completely stop them. You can only hope to slow them down. So if they can slow down an offense, whether that's, you know. Uh, you know, long extended drives by, you know, the Patriots offense or, you know, trying to get, you know, Kansas City off the field on third down and things like that. You know, they can do a combination of those two things. They can just keep Pat Mahomes off the field, Patrick Mahomes, keep him off the field. And, you know, maybe that'll work um, in, in their favor to where it'll be a close game and maybe they can pull it out by three points or seven points. If you allow them to go up and down the field, man, that that game is done. That's over. It's not – you know, I love Cam. I want to see him win. You can't can't let that Kansas City team go up and down the field.
0: Well, I thought that the Baltimore Ravens had, you know, the recipe, right, because I said, oh, ball control, you know, if they can get a lead, maybe they can pin their ears ears back and go after Patrick Mahomes. But, man, did they just give up on the run so quickly. It was – after what, I want to say the first drive in the third quarter, it was, it was done. I mean, if it wasn't like a design run by Lamar Jackson, there wasn't like footballs was going to Mark Ingram and their backs at all. So I hope that somebody kind of says, okay, this is the game plan. This is what we're going to use. And we're going to do this, weather the storm, weather it, because it's going to come. Because you're never going to hold KC down. Only the only thing that can hold KC down is KC. Mm-hmm. If they turn the ball over, that's, that's it. Right. And even if they do that, man, they're
1: just so darn good that they can they can bounce back. <laughs> it's like they can bounce back from anything, man. They're almost like like a, a superhero, man. If you could compare, you know, uh, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs to one of these, you know, Marvel characters or something like that, you know, they can just, you know, they would be the character that can just heal from anything like Wolverine or whatever the case is, man. They got these you know, the ability to do anything man. So, uh, if anybody could do it, it's definitely Kansas City, man for sure. Uh, I'm hard pressed to believe they'll lose a game this year. I think they can run the game. I think they can run the table, man. I really do think they can. Whether they will or not um, is yet to be determined or yet to be seen, but I think they have the talent. I mean, I think everybody in the league is, is scared of them, man. They're intimidated by them. So, I think they can make it happen.
0: Coach T, did I almost get you on wax saying that Kansas City could go 16 and oh?
1: Yeah, you heard it, man. You heard it today, man. Uh, September 30th, uh, 9, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coach T is saying that I think that uh, Kansas City can go 16-0. and 0. Y'all can hit me up, man. Hey, at Mud Talk, the podcast. Talk to me about it. Explain to me why you think they won't go. 16 and 0 but I think that unless you know they're like 12 and 0 and they decide to like sit everybody down and not like try to win anymore I think that they will they can go 16 and 0. Nobody if you think about the last team that did it, right? Um Patriots, right? Patriots. That Patriots team was I mean every every game they were they were just a better team and Randy Moss was catching everything, but this team unlike that team, they have multiple weapons like he throws the ball around to everybody. It's just not okay, Randy Moss is gonna get two touchdowns this game. He's gonna catch a hell, you know, a bomb down the fifth. Listen, that to me would be easier to key on if I was a defensive coordinator than trying to stop Patrick Mahomes in that offense. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't imagine being a D coordinator trying to draw, all right, here's the game plan. This is what we're gonna do against Kansas City. Man, I'm a player in that field room. Like, you see what they do. Like what what am I supposed to do again? I'm supposed okay. Uh, I got you, Coach, but I don't think it's gonna work. I don't even see guys believing in it, man. Believing they can stop him, man. Like it just—you just see it. They beat the mess out of Baltimore, man. I thought that would be a good game, and it just was not at all.
0: So you guys heard it here first. Coach T is calling his shot. He's calling 16 and 0 shot for the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, we're not even a quarter of the way through the season. And my man is calling that, listen, he is not hard to find Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. on all his social media platforms, at Mud Talk Podcast. You want to get at him about 16 and 0? You want to get at him about Mitchell Trubisky being awesome at Chapel Hill because he was, all that. You hit that man up at Mud Talk Podcast on all your social media.
1: Yeah, and I know the hate mail going to come with Mitch Trubisky. I know it, man, but I welcome it. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got special moments I had with Mitch, man. Look, he was a Pro Bowler last year, right? Was it last year he made the Pro Bowl? Two years ago he made yeah, the Pro too. Bowl. I, I think, I mean, he hasn't been a complete failure. I, I just don't think the Bears believe he's their superstar. That's all that is. I mean, but to call him a failure, who makes the Pro Bowl, <laughs> takes their team to the playoffs, uh, you know, he, he plays pretty decent. There's a ton of quarterbacks there in the league that are worse than Mitch Trubisky. Like, look, look around, bro. It's it's they're not hard to find. They are not hard to find. You start here. Start here in Carolina. I got you. Then go up to New York. There's a couple more teams up that way. And uh, you know, it, it, there's teams out here, man. And I feel bad. I'm gonna tell you somebody else, man, right now. Shouts out to Deshaun Watson. I'm glad he got paid, but man, you know, that offensive line is going to get him hurt, man. I just, I, I I would never wish that a player gets hurt. That's not, I, I can't, I can't. I don't care if I don't like you. I don't root for you. I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but that offensive line is so bad that if, I, I got a fear for his safety at this point, man. Pittsburgh just, man, they went crazy on him, man. it's just like, Man, I don't want to see him get hurt. Man, I don't want to see it. But right now, man, his his season is in jeopardy. I think if that offensive line can't figure it out, man, I don't care who they got to sign. But man, it's really, really bad over there in Houston. Man, it's really bad. So, um, even if even if you have a good quarterback and you got a bad offensive line, it's it's not going to work out for you. So, you know, give my boy Mitch some grace anyway, man. But y'all can hit me up. How let me, man? Let me know, man. Sixteen and zero, Kansas City Chiefs, man. This year, sixteen and zero. And they're going to run the goblin and they're going to win it. They're going to win the uh, Super Bowl, back-to-back.
0: Real yeah. talk. And what I will mean? take some of his heat as well. So you can find me on question point underscore V on the Twitter. You can find me on question point underscore pod underscore Vince on the Instagram. So we are not hiding. I don't think they're going to go 16-0. and But my man's got that and I got his back. So that's what we're going to say about that. any other mess that you guys want to talk about, listen, this is y'all podcast, okay? If you want to talk about Minnesota Vikings, mm, mm, mm. ATL, we still holding like a candlelight vigil for you. Sorry, Hotlanta. Oh, Vegas, how y'all feeling after the loss? Y'all just hit us up. We will talk about your squad. If there's something that you want to get into about your offensive line, whatever, we'll do the research, we'll come on here, we'll chop it up, and it'll be just like you in your barbershop.
1: Here's another thing to add on to that. You know, if you hit me up, you can't talk bad about the Panthers. You can, but what's going to happen is we're going to end up being having a friendly conversation because I'm gonna, all I'm going to do is agree with you. <laughs> All I'm going to do is agree with you. So let's talk about something else. You know, hey, I told you, Kansas City, 16-0. and 0, I'm calling it right now. Um, you know, let's talk about it. And honestly, man, I can't wait to see, you know, game one NBA finals,
0: man. It's actually uh, popping off. Oh, yeah, this DVRing it as we speak. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, about to get to it. Definitely gonna so get into it. this is what we're going to do, guys. We're going to go ahead and sign off. You guys have a great week. Go touch somebody's life. You know, be that mentor. Be that person, be that uh, person that they can lean on. And uh, we will see you guys next week.
1: Peace.